Welcome back to another episode of Sunday Gold. Dario Masudi and Brett Nevitt. A second episode for this week, and that's because Florida State is playing really well right now. And uh, I know a couple fans had messaged us and said they'd like two podcasts going forward, and we appreciate your support. We're on Apple Pods, and we're on Spotify as well. Florida State, we talked about how big of a matchup they had against Georgia Southern, who was an RPI team uh, that was at 12, I believe, at first pitch on Wednesday night, and the Seminoles needed that, a, a very sneaky midweek game. And Brett, let's talk about it, because Florida State came back down, I think it was 5-1, to one, and uh, the Knowles just showed great resiliency with two in the eighth, two in the ninth. And then the heroics, of course, Jordan Carey on tying it, Tyler Martin with the walk-off and extra innings. Just uh, for FSU, what did you see from the guys on the night, and how big of a win was it? Yeah, a good win, big win, like you mentioned. Um, FSU moved up four spots from just that one game alone to number 16 in the RPI. So um, you really don't need to know much more to know how big that game was, even though it was a midweek game. Um, and I think you could tell from both sides, both teams, it, it felt like – you know, kind of a – there was a sense of urgency from both teams, it felt like. Um, and like you said, I think more so than anything, it was just resiliency and good to see guys come up in big moments again. And, you know, obviously the offense struggled to get on the board early. But, um, you know, overall I, I thought the at-bats were good on the night. Um, I thought you really just had, you know, Alex struggled in a lot of big situations to drive some runs in. And that's the guy you're counting on to do that. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I think the rest of the team only had five strikeouts in 11 innings and you walked 11 times or something like that. I mean, overall, it was just um, – I thought it was a well-played game, especially when you go Johnny Holstaff like they did um, last night. I think it's been one of the few times this season I look up at the box score and there are more walks than strikeouts, and that could be indicative of uh, Florida State making some progress at the plate. They've really started to hit the baseball well. And Jordan Carey on the way he's played, of course. Uh, Brett, we'll talk about the pitching and the Johnny Holstaff, but, man, carry has been good, right? And, and we'll have him on the show here in uh, just moments because uh, he sat down with me and Brett to have some fun and then chat some uh, chat some baseball, but, uh, but other things too. And uh, in this game, three for four with two RBIs. He walked twice, and it felt like, and it has for now, five or six games. When you've needed a moment, Carrion's either provided that for you straight up or he's been the guy to kind of ignite the start of a run for Florida State. Yeah, the Energizer Bunny. Um, it's really the last seven games now at this point, that period where he's really been hitting the ball well. He's 12 for his last 21 with eight runs and also eight walks. Um, getting on base 66% of the time, basically his last seven games. And he hasn't struck out once in any of those games. He's got 30 straight plate appearances without a strikeout. Um, that's just being willing to battle and, and, and do your job, really. And, um, you know, Jordan was really slumping before that. I think he was two for 27 before this streak. You know, at some point, I think, like we've kind of been saying, it will even itself out. Um, but, man, I, he's as hot as anyone in the country right now. Um, uh, to me, it just looks like he's seen beach balls up there. And, you know, you know, he's not hitting bad pitches either. I mean, the home run he hit, you know, it came on a – hanging curveball, but he did a good job of, of capitalizing on it. And then, you know, the, the, the tying double in the ninth inning, I think it was a, a fastball low and in. He just gets his hands down, um, gets his hands in on his on inside the ball and, and, and shoots it out there to left. And then, um, you know, I thought sneakily that might have been the best move that they made as a coaching staff this, this uh, season so far was 
getting IP to run and pinch run at first base. And, you know, he ends up scoring standing up on, on a ball that doesn't even reach the warning track in left center. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Jordan, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to put into words what he's doing for this team right now. I think he's also made two, only two errors in the last, like, 13 games or something like that. And we've known overall f- forever what he was going to do defensively. But for him to be doing what he's doing with the bat right now, um, you couldn't ask for much more. No, you can't. And I mean, he transfers from Florida, and he's known as a defensive wizard, right? Like we thought, if he could give you two thirty to two forty at the plate, you would take it with just the upgrade you were getting defensively. But Brett, I know you've been—you were higher on him than that. You thought there was more there at the plate, and I think Carrion's starting to show you he really does have a hit tool uh, in his arsenal as well. Yeah, Jordan's not you know a five-tool guy with with a ton of power pop and. Never going to be a great OPS guy, but he's just going to put the ball in play and make things happen with his legs at short. At short. Um, you know, when Jordan's spraying line drives and ground balls, he's really going to go well. And even the home run he hit was a line drive. Um, and more so than anything, it, the thing that's most important about Jordan is the energy he plays with and the passion that he plays with. Um, you know, on days where this team is down a little bit, he's going to be the one guy that's that's always up and the guy that's always – making noise in the dugout and, you know, chirping a little bit at other teams. You know, we saw that against Louisville. Um, yeah, he's just a fun player to watch. Um, thank you very much, Kevin O'Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, what is that? What do they say? Like another one man's trash is another man's treasure. And I'm not saying, you know, that, that carry on was, was Florida's trash or anything like that, but man, it, it just feels like that saying really applies to Florida state. You know, the Gators think they can, you know, that he's someone that they can watch leave the program. And I think that gave him more fire is coming to Florida State and, and playing uh, with the opportunity that was present. He's taken full advantage of it. It's been fun to watch. Last night, Brett, it felt like, you know, Florida State's down 3 nothing, 4-1, to 5-1. to one, But it never felt out of reach, right? Like the, at no point did you say Georgia Southern has kind of put this game away. And you and I were talking, we were saying – a walk, a hit by pitch, and, and maybe a three-run blast, all of a sudden you're back in it. And the Knolls kept chipping away, little by little. Do you think that's a sign that this team is starting to believe more and more in the whole 27 outs before it's over? Well, I just think that guys are buying more and more into their roles and buying more and more into the um, just, just that belief that they're not going to let someone beat them, kind of, and you're just fighting and, and putting the ball in play and you know, I've said it so many times, and just good things happen when you put the ball in play, and no one shows that more than Jordan. Um, you know, there's some other guys on the team that are doing a really good job putting the ball in play right now. Um, I think B-Rob comes to mind. I don't think he has a K in the last five games. Um, you know, I know Tibbs only came off the bench last night, but he put together two really good at-bats that were very, very important into that game. Um, if he doesn't come in and have those two at-bats off the bench, that game probably doesn't go to extra innings. Um, you know, I think he let off the eighth with a double and then you get really you know two good at bats two productive outs back to back to for two rbi ground outs and you know you end up stranding two runs there but you did you know cut it in half and then in the next inning you know after greeny leads off with the double um you know tibbs tibbs walks to get on base and they pinch run for isaiah um so there's just some guys that are seeing the ball like we expected coming in now um and you know james you know brett Jordan, I mean, all these guys can hit, and they've, they've done it at other places, too. I mean, Tibbs was so highly rated coming in. B-Rob's done it at places. Um, I, yeah, I just think it's guys filling roles, and 
Um, it's starting to be a team that it, it's just profiling the way it should at most positions. Um, you know, outside of Alex last night, you know, I know they left, left, left a ton of runners on base, but I think seven of the 14 were, uh, were from Terrell. Um, so, you know, you, you hope you don't think that you're going to get that kind of game from him every day. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people were upset with the production early on in that game, but I think, like we've said so many times, it's baseball, and they found a way late, and it kind of feels like what they've done a lot this season is just find a way in some not pretty games. But, you know, if you find a way in, in postseason, um, you're going to go places. You and I both said a couple weeks ago, this team doesn't win this game, right? Like, the way things were going, they wouldn't have found a way. And I think that's when your season has started to turn around. And we use the word in baseball, you know, mojo. Like, when it's on your side – it starts to look like that, right? Like you're, you're, you get a couple walks, a couple wild pitches. Uh, I mean, Florida State won on a walk-off walk. And that just means, you know, things are evening back out. Brett, you preached patience throughout the season saying, you know, when those extra inning losses, like it's going to even out eventually. It's going to flip Florida State's way. I think we're starting to see that. And, uh, man, it can't come at a better time in the season. Yeah, and I think another big thing is the coaching staff is doing a good job of maximizing talent right now. And there's a lot of guys on this team that can help them win baseball games. I mean, last night you used 24 players and you only had, I think, 33 available when you count in injuries, red shirt guys. And, you know, Parker and Bryce are obviously not going to be available. Um, so I think you used 24 of 33, you used nine guys on the mound, and you only gave up five runs in 11 innings. Um, felt like every single one of those guys, for the most part, did their job. Um, I thought Nazu was a little better than his stat line. You know, leaves a splitter up to, to the, you know, I think Ledford is, is the kid's name that hit two home runs. Leave that pitch up there. Other than that, I thought Jackson was good. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of pitchers doing their jobs, a lot of hitters doing their jobs last night. Um, and just a, I thought it was, it was a well-managed game for the most part. Um, yeah, it's just things are going well right now. And um, when things start to fall your place, you get a little bit of mojo, and, and then you just start to play well. Um, and I think that's what this team is doing right now. Let's kind of bunch up the the pitching performances um, quickly into one. But I uh, got to shout out Wyatt Crowell. Looked really good. Scalaro came in and did his job. I mean, what a what a paint job on the inner half, right, of the plate to freeze the batter and end the inning there. Um, Jackson, I thought, took a step forward. I mean, at least from the last performance we saw him, he was definitely more in command uh, of his stuff. He did give up the home run. But, again, I don't mind that because you're attacking. And that, to me, you know, that's what you want Baumeister to do. Simmons, I think Dylan has been pitching at a much higher level um, than earlier in the season. Davis Hare, Brett, continues to be someone you can just rely on. I think there's a comfort level now when Davis comes in a game that he's going to get the job done. You've given credit to the way Colton Vincent has caught him to allow Davis to maximize that splitter and to be able to kind of pitch uh, at all levels, you know, of the plate um, and in the zone. And then I even thought I was impressed with Andrew Armstrong. And we'll talk about Carson Montgomery coming in in just a second. But before Carson, the guys that pitched. Yeah, and I mean – I think they went the last seven innings of the game. We have seven different arms, and you only give up one run. Um, I think only a couple walks, maybe um, three or four walks. Um, yeah, just a lot of guys stepping up in a game where you just kind of needed to steal some innings away. I mean, you know, I think Dylan, you know, is just taking steps in the right direction, and Dylan obviously has good stuff. It's just, you know, it kind of everything kind of looks the same a little bit where it comes out of the same slot and. Um, you know, I think they're working hard at that with him and getting some more bite to the slider to, to you know, run it more off the two seam. 
uh, in the opposite direction. Um, so it's been good to see him. I mean, there's not many kids I'm more of a big fan of than Dylan Simmons. I know Ari and I were talking about that a little bit before we got on the podcast. Um, yeah, also Army. I know, you know, he leaves with the bases loaded, but man, he had a huge strikeout of Ledford, you know, on that curveball, I think was backdoor. Had another big strikeout before that as well. Um, and that's the first real big moment that Army's had since that Mercer game a while back that kind of blew up on FSU and went in the opposite direction of, of this Georgia Southern game. Um, but for him to just give give them a chance and um, kind of battle the way he did, that was good to see out of him. Um, good to see a little emotion out of him. Army's not really a kid that usually shows too much. Um, and then, like you said, Davis just – He's just really good right now. I mean, he made one kid look silly, I think, with the fastball in after throwing some splitters off, you know, some splitters early in the count, and then he kind of just blew a sinker by him, and it was like, all right. It, it's definitely different for Davis this year. Like, it was good, but now it's it's some dominant type ish. It's some dominant stuff now. I've also noticed, like, his comp – not that he's never not been confident as a pitcher, but, like – you know when a pitcher is thinking a lot and, and they're just trying to find their rhythm and their groove, they'll, like, reach down to the dirt, grab it, fix their hair, fix their hat, you know, pinch at the jersey a little bit. Earlier in the season and last year at times, you would see him kind of, like, trying to find himself and kind of calm himself down. The last couple of outings, man, I watch him, I and mean, he is a brick wall. I mean, he's stone-faced. Like, he walks out there, and it's, like, complete control, command, confidence. And it's, like, in his brain, he's decided that, I'm going to strike you out. Like, you're done as soon as I come in a game. And I think that's development for even an older guy to come in and kind of embrace being the closer. Um, Davis Harris earned every right, I think, to, to close games down for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I think there's been two key things for me with Davis. Um, you know, in the past, he kind of was, you know, I, I felt like he was a lot in his head. Maybe not in his head, but just thinking a lot about the splitter because um, that's such a unique pitch. And, I mean, even major league guys that throw it struggle with times because it's just you never really know what it's going to do. It's almost like a knuckleball where it could kind of go anywhere at any time. Um, but man, he just has full control of it this year. He throws it whenever he wants. Like you mentioned, like we've mentioned a couple times, Colton does a, a, a good job with it. That's a really tough pitch to catch. I mean, there were times where Nelly even really struggled catching Davis just because it, it kind of has a little bit of a knuckleball action to it. Um, but yeah, that thing's just been, he's been so automatic with the splitter this year and it's been taking nose dives on hitters. Um, and the other thing is he's just added a little more to his slider, a couple more miles per hour with the slider that's allowed him to use it a little bit more. It used to just be mostly just to get me over pitch, um, early in counts this year, he's been able to utilize it a little more than that. Um, but yeah, Davis is more than capable of closing games at this level, um, and a big thing for me, too, is he's shown you this year that he's capable of going multiple innings at a time. And, you know, the stuff sticks. The velo sticks where it should be. Yeah. And, then of course, uh, I felt like I asked Meat this in the post game, and, and he confirmed it, you know, in, in the way that, that Meat does. But um, that game felt like they knew they needed it, if that makes sense. Like, the way he was pitching, the way he was using arms – you really got the sense that Meat knew coming in just how big of a midweek game that was. It's not; It was not a Stetson or even a JU. It was like he treated it like it was the Florida Gators and you needed an RPI win because he brought in Carson Montgomery on his bullpen day. And Carson's still planning to start on Sunday against Clemson, but you bring Carson in to close. Brett, he was freaking electric. Like, 97? I mean, come on, dude. Like, Carson... Carson literally will take your breath away at times on the mound. But the fact that he brought him in, the fact that he wanted him there, 
um, big moment for, for the young kid and a uh, big game for Florida State to win. He's taking your breath away. Dude, he was. I was – um, I lost no, my breath I mean, there, guys. Yeah, I mean, there's times where Carson just looks like that. I mean, I, you're not as highly touted as, as, as he was without having stuff like that. Um, the thing I just love about Carson most is just his his composure and his mentality. And, I mean, he struck the kid out and, and kind of literally had no reaction to it. It was just like, yeah, th- this is what I'm here to do, and I'm pretty damn good at it. I think he said in the post-game press conference that you know, the difference for him this year has just been he's kind of treated games like bullpens because he knows he can get anyone out with his stuff, and he's just got to just go out there and do what he does and, and throw pitches where he needs to. And, I mean, I think he was telling us that, you know, he kind of throws his fastballs right down the middle because he's only thrown two seam and, and cutter now with the fastball um, and no four seam to go along with the slider. Um, but he kind of just throws both those pitches down the middle. Two seam will sink off to the – you know, the, the right side of the plate, uh, his arm side of the plate, and the cutter will be, you know, a couple miles per hour down um, and go off towards his left side of the plate. So he's doing a really good job of um, tunneling those two pitches right now. And, yeah, more so than anything, I just think it's it's the composure, the mentality of I, I know I'm better than everyone else, basically. Um, I know I'm better than most co- – I'm going to get out 99% of college hitters when my stuff's in the zone and is playing the way it should. Uh, so yeah, it's just been, it's been fun to watch him, you know, do it, be willing to do it, do it well, um, and do it dominantly more so than anything else. I mean, what he said, three, uh, he's only thrown to three batters in the last two weeks, I think. And he struck out all three on probably what, 10, 11, 12 pitches. And he's made them all look silly. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're fighting and battling and. You know, he's just he's getting lucky or, you know, like a foul tip for a strikeout. I mean, he is just mowing them down. Um, and, and that's why you and I and I know a lot of fans, we like the uh, the potential of what Carson could bring as a closer. But also this team right now needs him to start on Sundays. So, yeah, you, you just need some stability right now. But me didn't Sundays. close the door, Brett, no, like no, on no. him closing in the postseason. He said, we're going to figure it out as the year goes along, because between him and Ross, you have a lot of potential at what you can do. Well, and I think now they've shown and now they know that they can they can win in a lot of different ways. A lot of different guys on the mountain, a lot of different scenarios. You could start a Jonah Rant one one game. You could you could start in a zoo. You could start a uh, a Wyatt Crowell. You could you could, there's just so many different guys in the staff that can do a lot of diff- different things and give you innings. Um, you know Connor Whitaker as well. But um, yeah, I think he leaves that door open because you could run into a situation late in the year where you have a chance to put something away yeah. and you're up a little in the game. You say all right, who's our best pitcher to go get us this one right now? And um, now that Carson's shown you that he can do it and, and get ready in a hurry, um, it, it's definitely a possibility. Um, and I think like we've been saying, you know, like I've said since early in the year and why I thought Carson could be a good closer, it's just because that's real closer stuff, and it, it's going to play up even more the more he gets used to that situation. Yeah, just for the sake of exercise, right, you say situations later on in the year, and I'm thinking in the back of my head, Super regional. You've won game one. You know you're you're up late in game two with a chance to end the series right there and get to Omaha. They're not going to wait for Carson Montgomery to potentially pitch a game three. You're going to bring him in, and uh, right, th- you know what I mean. Like right there and then, you're going to use your best available arm um, in the most advantageous situation. So that's what we mean by like examples and, and. And I think I still think the door is still very wide open for Ross Dunn, and that's another reason that Meat probably said that because I think if they can get Ross right. 
and then potentially have Carson have Carson as that guy. Um, there's a possibility for that. There's also a possibility that Ross could be a really good bullpen arm. Um, They're similar yeah. to me in terms of like premium stuff opposite arms does that make sense like you've got ross who ha- also has a firm fastball that he can run up there to 96 97 um, and the breaking stuff's good from the left hand side the same that the same way that carson's is the question with we saw it with carson now like they've been able to find a way to get him in the zone more consistently can they get that with ross and once they do i think that opens up you know the the horizon for, for ross dunn as well yeah the difference between them mostly is well besides obviously the handedness but I, you know, Ross is more so working north-south, and, and, you know, Carson with the cutter two-seam is, is working more east-west and getting a lot of ground balls. Um, you know, Ross has had some trouble, obviously, with command, but, too, with the home runs. Um, you know, a little bit of that has to do with, you know, obviously this park, Hauser plays a little. This time of year can play a little small, and, you know, when you're throwing the ball up, some are going to get you. Um, but, yeah, they're they're both first-round talents, like – it's just it's just i mean like we've said a lot it's just the staff can do a lot of good things do a lot of different things and you just you have to prepare for so many different looks and so many different good arms it's i don't know what a hitting coach does when when fsu's coming to town what what they're looking at and they're going they're probably going oh god this is not going to be fun i i can't even imagine what georgia southern was thinking when carson walked in <laughs> and the first fastball was 96 and the kid swung right through it and it was like the kid looked at Carson looked at his dugout and it was like oh man I've got my work cut out for me oh, you know gosh, like it, guys, it's we're, not di- gonna, we're not gonna score guys. it was a completely we're different arm get, than they had we're seen gonna have all to game. get to the 12th guys no that. it was over um but yeah so big win for Florida State 23 and 13 now folks RPI is Brett said of 16 strength of schedule of four and the Knowles have 10 quality wins right now 10 RPI top 50 victories. And uh, if the season ended today, Florida State would be a regional host. I think you could feel pretty good about that. Obviously, I'm not saying the season's over because it's not. We have a lot more baseball to play. Things shift pretty rapidly, actually, as we get towards the end of the season in college baseball. For those of you who have followed the sport, um, things can change from week to week. But right now, Florida State playing really good baseball, and I think they're on the right side of the bubble uh, to be a regional host here in Tallahassee as of what is today, April 21st. All right. Well, I think. Uh, I'm a, can I just? You want to say one more thing before we just, toss to Jordan? Yeah. Just okay. Just three more guys. Three more hitters from last night. I just thought Tyler, Greeny, and and Colton all gave them good at bats. Um, you know, Colton had that RBI double to get them on the board, and then an RBI ground out. Um, just doing his job. Um, his K rates are really low too recently. Um, and then Tyler obviously had the walk off walk. That was his third walk of the night. Um, I don't think he might have got hit by a pitch as well. Um, and then Jackson obviously keeps putting together good at bats. Had a, you know, some really good swings the opposite field and a walk. Um, but he did get hurt late in the game. They did not know yet after the game if it was a strain or a cramp. So we're gonna have to wait and see when we when I get when we get to Clemson on Friday. So, um, but just wanted to make sure to mention those guys because I thought they put together some quality at bats uh, the other night. One guy that's put together many quality at-bats throughout the last couple weeks is none other than Jordan Carrion. And here's a fun interview with the shortstop for your Florida State Seminoles. First and foremost, this team's playing really good baseball right now. How fun is it to be a part of this run? Uh, First and foremost, I just want to say thank you for having me here. Um, But, yeah, we're playing good baseball right now. Um, It's been fun. It's been exciting to see how tough we are as a team. 
um, you know, coming back from behind several games, and, you know, it's just the beginning. Are you seeing beach balls at the plate right now? Um, I mean, I'm just – I know it's cliche as it sounds. I'm just trying to see the ball hit the ball, honestly, like not thinking about much. Just uh, wherever the ball goes, my eyes are going pretty much. Just has there been anything for you that's clicked, or has it just been more more balls dropping in the last couple of weeks? No, there's been some feels that I really feel like, um, you know, I put together and felt as the season, you know, progressed. And I'm um, just going to stick with those feels that, that are in the back of my head and keep doing it. Do you have some sort of magic bug spray on your helmet? I noticed uh, there's... So, funny story, on Thursday when we played Louisville, there was... Um, there was like bugs everywhere, gnats everywhere. So I put some off spray on my helmet so they can stay out of my eyes when I'm hitting. And then my helmet kind of turned white a little bit. And I was like, hey, managers, do not take this off. <laughs> this is staying here for the rest of the season. So, you know, just stick with it. The way this team right now, too, is playing, we talked about, you know, in these press conferences, it, it can always just be one at bat, one thing that can shift. It felt like that Florida game uh, when Reese, 11 pitch at bat, walks to first base, all of a sudden Terrell hits a bomb, Brock follows that up. Did you just kind of feel like the momentum of the season start to shift in that game? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that was a big inning. Uh, we had to put a five that inning, and then we did the same thing versus Louisville on Thursday night, put a five. Um, and that was kind of like, okay, if we're going to keep putting a five in the inning, I mean, we're going to take it. But, yeah, that was a, a definitely a big momentum shift for us. Um, I mean, that, that all started with beating Florida. Um, and then, you know, it carried over to Louisville weekend. But, you know, it just shows how good we are and, you know, how tough we are. When you guys were going through that losing streak, what were you guys trying to tell each other to, to kind of just stay stay up and yeah, keep the mentality for fresh? For sure. And, you know, I'm sure you guys heard it. You can't keep good men down. Um, but that's just kind of been the MO. Just let's keep competing, keep, you know, doing what we have to do, and things are going to start going our way. Those big innings have been, not not to like use the word again, but big for this baseball team. The pitching staff, you know, you guys have one of the greatest ones in, in the for game. Sure. But for the bats to be able to kind of give them some run support and early in games, mm-hmm. being able to jump on opposing teams, how has that kind of changed things for you guys? For sure. I mean, I think we just had good at-bats all in all. I mean, yesterday we – I think we only had two hits going into, like, the fifth or sixth inning, but we had good at-bats. Um, our strikeouts have been down as a team, and that's what it's going to take. We kind of, you know, came up with a little thing with two strikes. You kind of just, you know, give a signal to our dugout. And it's just kind of just saying, um, you know, we're, it's for them. Like, we're going to compete. We're going to, you know, get off the knob a little bit if we have to and, you know, just put the ball in play and make things happen. I think the, the strikeout rates have gone down a good bit for you guys in the last couple of weeks, and – Yourself, I don't think you've struck out in, in 30 straight plate appearances, knock on wood, but how much of that is just the willingness to fight and just put the ball in play and not let guys beat you anymore? No, for sure. Like I said, like, you know, with two strikes, you kind of, you know, get off the knob a little bit, um, you know, kind of touch our top of the helmet with our pinky up. Um, some guys do to the chest. It all depends, you know, what you want to do. But it's just being resilient, being, being tough, um, you know, competing, you know, obviously you have no chance if you strike out, but if you put the ball in play, you never know what could happen. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of just I personally hate striking out, so I try everything I can not to. You guys talked about the beginnings a little bit before, but when you get one of those early on in the game, just how much more loose do you feel like you can you can play and, and kind of just have fun and go out there and, and not worry about making a mistake? Yeah, I think it's big for our pitching staff. You know, pitching with a lead is definitely a lot easier than pitching from behind. Um, and, and, of course, you know, you play a little bit looser, um, you know, a little bit more, you know, relaxed. I mean, you still want to you know, not be satisfied and, and, you know, keep scoring runs. But it's definitely a lot easier to play um, ahead than behind. But, you know, we've shown we can do both. Do you feel like this team is playing with a bit of an edge now, a little bit of chip on their shoulders and some personality and attitude? 
I mean, I feel like we played, we've been playing like this all season. I mean, I just felt like we've been unlucky early on and, um, you know, we just had a few things we had to clean up. But I feel like we've been playing hard all season. I don't think there was, there's been a game where we really, you know, took it off, in quotes. But um, I think, you know, we're going to keep coming out hungry and keep, you know, playing, playing hard. How much pride do you take in kind of being that energy leader at times? It feels like even last night, you know, against Georgia Southern, base hit, you're down four. And, and you're still trying to get the guys going, saying, all right, this is going to be the at-bat that changes things. How much pride do you take in, in trying to ignite things? No, for sure. I take a lot of pride in that, man. I try to be, you know, like Brett likes to say, energy bunny. Um, but I like to just, you know, come out, play with passion, play with joy. And that's the biggest thing for me. I've just been trying to have fun on and off the field, um, in the locker room. Just, you know, if you just, if you just watch me, I'm always singing, dancing, just honestly just enjoying every, every bit of it because – you know, you never know when this is going to be your time here playing baseball, whether it's in 15, 20 years, whether it's next year. Um, just trying to enjoy every moment of it and just having fun, honestly. Defensively, I mean, at times it feels like you can take the game over with your glove and just how confident are you in your defensive game? It seems like you think that you can make any ball that's hit anywhere in your vicinity. It seems like you, you think you can make that play. Yeah, I mean, I definitely try to make every play that's in my vicinity. Um, you know, I'm a little mad, a little frustrated with myself. Uh, a couple of my throws early on in the season. Um, so I've been trying to take more pride in my throws. Um, but I feel like any ball that's hit to me or in my range, I try to make, especially that ball in the 5-6 hole. I think we've talked about it before. I just hate I hate a base hit through that hole. So I try to make sure that I can get to that ball. Where did those defensive skills come from? I mean, how do you, how do you become that good, that natural with your glove and with your arm and just some of the plays you make, making them look as smooth as you do. I mean, it's just, you know, been doing it for so long. Um, you know, started off when I was 10, 11 years old. Me and my dad would always go out to the field and take ground balls. Um, and, you know, at times I'd hate him for it and it'd be tough. But, you know, he always pushed me. He'd always, you know, there for me and, you know, always just pushed me to be better and better. And and believe it or not, man, we've been, we've been taking ground balls, me and him, just – for a while now, just doing drills, doing the ladder work, just all the stuff, you know, people don't really take pride in, but we've been doing it for so long, and, you know, it's just, as you do it over time, it just becomes natural and easier for you, Um, and then I had a really good uh, high school coach named Ralph Suarez uh, back in Doral Academy, and he was all about angles and, you know, the route you take to the ball, and he really, really taught me, you know, how to take my game to the next level, so credit him for that, and, you know, all the other coaches who've helped me, but, you know, the most credit goes to my dad for sure. You throw from so many different angles on just a bunch of different plays you make. Is, is that something you practice, or is that just something that happens in game? Yeah, I mean, as a shortstop, you got to be able to throw from every angle. Um, I think that's what uh, separates a lot of guys from playing short and playing other positions like third and second, is being able to throw any ball at any angle. Um, but it's definitely something you want to practice, put it part of your routine, because you know it's going to happen in the game at some point. So, you know, you want to have those reps. Another question I had for you, too, is, you know, you, you come from Florida uh, to Florida State. Uh, you're from Miami, the Miami area. The, the opportunity to play the Gators, and then in a couple of weeks you get to go up against the Canes. Just what has this season been like just going up against the, the, the different schools that, yeah. I mean, you grew up either being a part of or, or even rooting on when you were a little kid? No, for sure. It's, you know, one of the reasons why I came here is to, you know, have the opportunity. Um, I mean, it's been a surreal feeling uh, being able to uh, play Florida, um, then obviously coming up Miami, you know, pretty much that whole team over there. I uh, grew up with a lot of guys, you know, Dominic Patelli, the shortstop, me and him, pretty much best friends. Um, and it's been fun. I mean, we're going to go out there, we're going to compete. 
it's going to be fun playing against them. Um, you know, on the field it's business, but then off the field we'll laugh and we'll talk about it for sure. You also have been a part, like we said, you've been a part of the Florida program, but this pitching staff that you get to play shortstop right behind, what's it like to watch Parker Messick, Bryce Hubbard, Ross Dunn, Carson Montgomery go out there and they just shove night in and night out? The word is, is electric, man. They're, they're electric every night. You know, Parker, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's going to bring energy. Um, he's going to compete. He's going to give you everything he got day in and day out. And, you know, yeah, it's been fun, man. Hub. Um, you know, he's been another one that, you know, just they love to they love to compete. They love, you know, the energy and they show emotion. And that gets me going because that's the type of player I am. So seeing that from, you know, especially our pitchers, you know, kind of just, you know, gets turns out a switch in my, in my body that I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, and I think it, it carries on to the whole team. Um, but they've been they've been great, man. Um, playing behind them has been so much fun. It's been a treat. And you know, I'm just looking forward to keep doing it. Just what was that transfer uh, portal process like did I mean, when you entered the portal did you ever think that Florida State could be a possibility for you a- after leaving Florida oh uh, for sure um I, I can't name Spencer but uh he's committed here um I think he's a I think he's in two years he'll be here he's always man told me about Florida State pushed me to Florida State since I was committed to Florida um and you know I got the opportunity once I was in transfer portal and uh, I spoke to Metcalf spoke to me um, and, and, you know, just knowing this culture here, the atmosphere here, you know, all the greats that have been through here, you know, I almost just felt like it was the right spot. It was the perfect spot for me. Um, and it, it has been for sure. You know, just being able to be a part of this tradition has been nothing but a blessing. Um, and I've loved every bit of it. Every day of practice, I mean, you, you when you guys are taking grounders, I mean, you and Meat talk a lot, a lot of back and forth between you two. And it seems like Meat's approach fits you really well as well. Just what has it been like having him as a coach this year and how much has he fit the kind of the way you play the game it's been awesome man I've never played for a coach like him truly um just the way he goes about you know the team every single day um very positive very uplifting you know I I I honestly love everything about him you know he's he's a great guy great coach he cares for his players on and off the field um you know and he's 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 taught me so much you know I appreciate him for that and you know, every day he's just pushing me to get better, you know, in the fall, especially. Uh, there was days, you know, where yeah, maybe I wasn't, you know, at my A game and he was just pushing me and telling me, hey, like, you know, let's sort of take pride in it every day. Um, you know, one of the things that he really pushed me on was my times to first during practice. He really pushed me to, you know, just making sure I'm doing gay life speed every single day, day in, day out. And, you know, he's pushing me to be better, him, Metcalf, Amaro. You know, the whole coaching staff has been nothing but great to me. And, you know, they're, they're great at what they do, um, you know. So hats off to them, you know. I love it. And, uh, you know, let's keep doing it. Let's talk about that first career home run that you hit because that was – I know that's a special one. It was a big part of the game, obviously, but also for you. You know, it's the first one in Garnet and Gold. Sure. Do you remember it? I mean, you, uh, you were running you were running around that bag crazy. So if you would have asked me about my first one, you know, last year, I would have said no. Everything just went black. I don't remember anything. But this one, I actually, you know, I actually remember pretty much everything that went down. I mean, it was just – obviously, everyone knows there was a little bit of trash talking between me and the second baseman before, earlier in the game. Was that a kiss you blew him? For sure. Is that, is that your <laughs> sweet? Did you call him sweetheart? Absolutely. I did. I, just, I didn't say nothing because I had already, you know, heard it from the umpire. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to do too much here. But um, I, was, I, was, I was locked in, man. I was, uh, you know, ready to go. And he, he, he knew it. The second baseman knew it. After that, he didn't, I don't think he looked at me for the rest of the game. But, uh, you know, that kind of just gets me going. Um, 
And then, yeah, like I said, like, I pretty much remember everything that happened, you know, seeing the curveball, um, up in the zone, had my foot down early, and, you know, just turned on it. But uh, it was a great feeling for sure. When you're in that moment, I know to look back on it, it is fun to look back on it, but also in the moment, just how much of an edge can that kind of trash talking give you on the field? <laughs> a lot. I mean, I literally was talking about it to Timor yesterday. I'm like, hey, you want to just pick a fight? <laughs> pick, a, pick an argument to me. Like, <laughs> you know, just because, just you know, and, you know, it's, me and Timor are very alike on how we are about, you know, the way we play the game. Um, play with a lot of passion. And, you know, that just gets us going. I mean, we have the same mentality. Um, and you know that's kind of that type of stuff. You know, chirping, trash talking. It just it just brings us to a different level. All right. Well, you know, we've been talking about you know the team needs more energy and, and, and kind of edge, and, and we appreciate you being the one to, to kind of bring that. It feels like the whole dugout right now is playing with an extra trip on their shoulder. What do you say, Brett? We uh, rapid fire to end this thing off. I'll start off with the, we'll just go quick answers. Okay. Um, these will be more fun. Okay, uh, so, who is the best walk up song on the team? You can say yourself. That is completely allowed. Uh, <laughs> I got to give it a... Um, me, personally, I love Jaime's. I love both of his because I like the Spanish, the, you know, bringing that culture out. So I'm going to say Jaime's. What's your favorite FSU tradition so far since you've been here? Uh, I'm going to say the animals section. I mean, I love them. The way they help this team, I think, a lot, and the energy they bring and, the, you know, who they are, I, I would say the animals section be for sure. Staying on the music theme. The playlist for Jordan Carry On. What does it include? What gets you hype? Everything. I mean, Spanish, old school, um, little baby, rap. But uh, lately it's been um, some old school stuff for sure. Best place to eat in Tallahassee? Oof. Um, I'm going to go Bagel Bagel for breakfast. It's a pretty good choice. Favorite thing to watch on the plane to an away game? Um, probably a show. I've been watching um, Bel Air. It's like a, the, it's like a pretty much a remake of French Prince of Bel Air from back in the day. So I'm watching like the new version of it, pretty much modern day. So I've been watching that show, Bel Air. You were going more. Uh, one player on the team that you would never let a daughter date. <laughs> huh. He might, he might be a little mad at me for this one, but I'm gonna say Maze White. It's pretty great. And my final one, I know you love defense. Would you rather rob somebody of a big base hit or hit a home run? Whatever helps the team win more. Okay. Political answer. Well, Jordan Carrion, thank you for joining us here on Sunday Goals. Good luck the rest of the season. And, uh, again, good luck this weekend against Clemson. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Appreciate Jordan joining us here on Sunday Golds. And, uh, thank you for your fan questions. We were able to ask him about, you know, um, his transition from Florida to Florida State, what went into that decision. And um, Brett, uh, his personality, you know, I, I think he's got a future in, in media if he wants it uh, after his baseball days are over because he just has that natural charisma, I think, to, to be able to do stuff like this. And hearing him kind of have fun, you can see why the guys kind of gravitate towards just the, the personality and the energy that he brings for the team. Um, just uh, you can't understate how big of an addition he has been to this FSU baseball team. Yeah, and I think, it, I think all the transfers they take really show, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the evaluation process they go through with guys. And, you know, obviously Jordan has brought them a lot on the field, but it doesn't take long to talk to Jordan and be around Jordan to know what he brings off the field to. Um, He's just, an, he's just a guy that's fun to be around and makes everyone around him better. Um, 
and he's really good at, at, at getting the best out of guys on the infield and commanding that infield as the captain um, in the middle right there. Um, so, yeah, it's just been, been fun to watch him break out like this. You know, it's it a little tough to see him go through the struggles that he had early on. Um, yeah, you know, I think Jordan is going to – it's not something that's going to go away. Obviously, I don't think he's going to hit 500-something the rest of the season. Uh, but he's just going to put together competitive at-bats and put the ball in play and, and do what he needs to do for this team to be good. And uh, if it sounds like we're outside, uh, we are. We're in one of these suites right now overlooking Dick Houser Stadium. And uh, I want to thank Stephen McCartney and the program for allowing us to, to interview Jordan Carry on and to be able to record an episode out here uh, at Hauser as well. Um, just saw the team get on that bus. Uh, they were all with their duffel bags getting on the bus and, and heading over to to the airport to be able to fly up to Clemson. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the Clemson Tigers, Brett. Um, I like to use RPI. Uh, neither team is ranked right now, but Clemson 34 in the RPI, strength of schedule of 20. Uh, they've jumped 12 spots in the RPI just in the last week alone. And 24 and 13 on the year, 4 and 10 in the ACC. They started off cold, but they've started to pick it up. A big series win at Wake Forest last weekend. Uh, and they got a couple of big midweek wins this week, uh, one against the Georgia Bulldogs. They've won, I think, five of their last six. Uh, but th this is a team I think Florida State's going to go there and have more talent. The question will now be for the Knowles, can they replicate some of the success they've had at home on the road? Yeah, it'll be interesting to go up there and see this series. Um, obviously, like you said, Clemson's starting to you know, swing the bats better and get going a little bit here recently. Um, you know, I think a guy that's been trending upwards for them is Blake Wright. You know, I don't think he he was either injured or just not starting for them early in the year, but he started 20 games sitting 337, I think, right in the middle of the order. Um, they've got some good pop. Um, the thing that really pops out to me on, on the stat page is they got a 980 fielding percentage. Um, you know, that, that's that's like Meat said last night about Georgia Southern. That is really, really impressive for college baseball. Um, do they have – they don't have an all-turf field there, right? I, mean, I don't think so. Um, no, but they think, do have like that weird sloping that, like, yeah. outfield that goes yeah, upwards. Uh, There's no warning track at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Yes, yeah, so let's um, just put a. But it is one of the nicer facilities in the ACC. I've been there a couple times, and uh, always a good crowd. I think it's similar to Florida State in the way that they, you know, five six thousand can get in there and they make a lot of noise. They have like the grill going out in right field, the lounge out there, and there's always a smoker. Uh, it's a really cool college baseball environment. It really is. And Brett, Florida State doesn't play well there historically. Like it hasn't gone. Uh, their way the last couple times but again obviously like history has no bearing on this team currently and um, what do you think it's going to take for them to come away with at least two wins I just think they need to you know obviously play clean defense make routine plays throw strikes more than anything um, you know I think this is a Clemson lineup that that does have some holes if you attack it the right way um, they have some guys that, that can strike out a little bit too um, and I think Florida State is first in the country in strike counts for like 20 now or something like that. Um, so I know I think I expect there to go up there and see the pitching staff have have a pretty good weekend and hopefully, you know, Carson puts together puts it together on Sunday. Um, but you know the thing that does scare me about Clemson is their is their Friday starter Mac England. Um, he's, he's just a really good arm. I was really surprised that he that he got back to school this year. He was draft eligible last year. Um, so far this year, he's a 3-1-8 ERA in 45 innings, nine starts. Um, you know, has struggled with walks a little bit, 31 walks, 47 Ks. Uh, but he only has a 191 average against. Uh, he's not going to give up too much hard contact, and he's not going to give up too many home runs. Um, so I'm interested to see 
how Florida State works at bats against him. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, that Georgia Southern, you know, walking 11 times, um, seeing the ball as much as they did the other night, I, I think you're going to want to try to get Anglin. Um, you're going to want to try to get Anglin's pitch count up as well, I think. Yeah, I think uh, you just mentioned it a little bit too, but he has struggled with the walks a little bit this season. And I think Anglin's supposed to be a top three round guy. Like a lot of people think that that's one of the premium arms in the ACC and fastball, it can really get up there. But FSU hits the fastball well. It's a good fastball hitting team. Um, the question with Anglin's going to be, can he keep the ball in the zone? And uh, batters haven't really hit him well at 191. Uh, but after him, it really does go downhill for Clemson on the weekends. Nick Hoffman's been starting some games with a 519 ERA. Um, not really a big strikeout guy. Batters are hitting 309 against him. And then on uh, game threes on Sundays, they've really kind of had a revolving door. Some games it's Nick Clayton who will go. He's another guy, 565 ERA. And um, he's been hit around a bunch, 289 opposing batting average. And then they've tried some different guys here and there. Uh, Billy Barlow, Casey Talent. Um, Jay Dill got the start last week at Wake Forest. And so it's they're not very confident in who they have after Mac Anglin. So if Florida State can beat him with Parker Messick on Friday night, you feel really, really good that the Knowles could win at least two. And potentially, you know, we, we saw them do it against Louisville. And they might be able to sweep them uh, in Clemson this weekend. Yeah, so last year FSU did have a little bit of success against Anglin. Um, and they did win that game that he started. Um, you know, I think that was one of the weeks that, that Bryce – went on game one because because Parker had that back injury. Um, but, yeah, England gave up four um, runs in six innings last year. Only gave up four hits, but also walked four guys, um, struck out nine. Uh, so some of these guys have seen him before. Um, you know, can run it up to the mid-90s. I think his best pitch is a slider. Um, tall, lanky, right-hander. Um, Athletic-looking kid on the mound. Uh, so, you know, it, it is going to be a tough test against him. But like you said, after that, you feel like you have some arms that you'll be able to, to produce some runs off of. Um, no one else that really jumps off the page at you. Um, you know, I think Ryan Ammons is, is their guy that they use the most out of the pen um, in, in the back-end spots. I think he has 16 appearances this year, five saves, uh, five ERA, and, and 18 innings pitch. Uh, does have 23 Ks in those 18 innings. Um, so I think if you get in a late inning situation early in the series, it's probably the name you're going to see out of their pen. Yeah, and you mentioned it already, Brett, but 980, that'll play defensively. Um, they're much better at home, 16 and 7 this season, as opposed to 5 and 6 uh, away from Duck Kingsmore Stadium. And Wagner's been hot, but they've got guys that can hit Cooper Ingle and Benjamin Blackwell. Those are some transfers they brought in in, in their infield. And I think one of them's from Dayton, and I'm not quite. I'm blanking on where the other kid's from. I think Blackwell is from Dayton. Yeah, I mean, so they've they've put the they they made some moves too. Tyler Corbett's had a nice season. Caden Grice has struggled with a 240 batting average, but he does have seven home runs. And last year he was one of the best freshmen in the ACC, so he could get going on a moment's notice. And uh, Blake Wright's been playing really well for them as of as of late too. Uh, 337 seems like he's a guy that doesn't play every day, but has started to earn his right. Uh, <laughs> No pun intended there, but um, to be in that lineup. 278 as a team, on-base percentage of 389. They they do have some strikeouts, as, as Brett mentioned, too. Grice has struck out 67 times. That is uh, – that's a lot. And, and so I like FSU's pitching staff. I think that the Knowles can uh, limit Clemson relatively. The question will be can this offense generate, you know, some, some good fortune on the road away from Tallahassee? Yeah, 
the first talk about Clemson's offense. I mean, Grice is still the guy that scares me. Um, he's not a fun guy to face at all. I mean, he's an opposing presence in the box, and uh, it, it's Cabell type power. But like you said, it's also you know Cabell type strikeouts kind of. Uh, I think he's struck out 45% of the time this year. Um, you know, I think Briar Hawkins is the other kid in their lineup that that has a little bit of a high K rate. Um, he's hitting 229. I think he's he's had a lot better years in college. Um, you know, obviously Blackwell Wagner's the guy that has the most homers for them with 13 homers um, and a 494 on base percentage. He's really been one of the best hitters in in the league this year and I don't think many people have talked about him but I mean 780 slug to go along with the 494 on base uh, that's pretty dang good uh, Clemson's not going to move on the base paths a whole lot only 19 stolen bases this year um, so expect it to be another weekend where FSU kind of holds the opponent pretty quiet um, on the bases um, but yeah overall I just think hitting it just needs to continue guys just battling um, I mean look this offense is never going to be amazing I don't think We've ever been trying to say that, but it just needs to be good enough, come up in the spots when it needs to, um, get the timely hits, string together quality at-bats. Um, I, I just think the same thing applies to this team always. If they get one big inning or one big hit, um, in most cases they're probably going to win that game just because of the pitching staff they have. Um, so, yeah, hopefully just string together the quality at-bats, and I think good things will happen for them this weekend. Six o'clock on Friday, three o'clock Saturday, one o'clock on Sunday. All three games on ACC Network Extra. I think that's a pretty good preview of the Clemson series. Again, it's a it's a rivalry in some ways. I think uh, there's a lot of the fan base for both schools that think of each other as rivals. And I know they're not your official rivals like the Gators and the Canes, but anytime the Knolls and the Tigers meet in any sport, I think uh, it has an extra edge to it than than a normal series. And I expect there to be 5,000 plus fans at Doug Kingsmore Stadium this weekend for all three. It should be a great atmosphere over there. And um, you know, hope Florida State goes out there and those big crowds, Brett, too, can kind of help the opposing team lock in a little bit more and I think it can help the, the focus a little bit as well. Well, with those big crowds, I think it's really important to get up ahead early again like they did this past weekend. Um, you can kind of neutralize those. But, um, yeah, I kind of do hope there's one game that's kind of close late. Um, I don't think there's been one late at an opposing team's field. Um, I think the biggest atmosphere where they've been, you know, kind of trailing and uh, was probably in Jacksonville for that UF game. Um, but they haven't had a real road, you know, true road environment, I don't feel like yet. I mean, GT and Wake are, are, are not the best. And, you know, they're not bad places to play, but they're not the biggest, most ruckus atmospheres. Um, so interested to see for sure how the team responds this weekend. Um, I think they just need to bring that energy and kind of that that edge that they've had the last few games with them um, to, to combat, com- combat that. Yeah, should be a, a big series for Florida State. You got to feel like... If they can win two of three in Clemson, uh, one, you'll be back in the rankings. I know there's a lot of fans that are upset about not being in the top 25. My co-host is ticked off about it as well, which every right to be. But this weekend is a big one for Florida State. I think you can stamp um, being on the right side of the regional hosting bubble uh, if you win two out of three, because then you go down the stretch of the season and you got TCU, you get Miami. uh, I think Boston College is sandwiched in there as well, and a, a North Carolina team on the road that I think you should be able to go up there and handle. So we're getting towards the stretch, the the uh, end stretch of the season, and this is where college baseball becomes a lot of fun is end of April and into May. Brett, we have a couple of fan questions. 
I did want to, I'll throw them to you to, to answer, but um, a couple people asked the same question, and, and we've talked about it a little bit, but to kind of get your, um, your definite answer on this, who are in line after Carson Montgomery now moves into the weekend? Um, how do you see Florida State handling midweek going forward? Because there are a couple more options, a um, couple more midweek games for the Knolls. Well, I do think it's going to be a week-by-week week thing and depends on kind of who's pitched most recently and what you have coming up. Say, for example, you played Wednesday this week and you had a game, ACC game, you know, one day rest after, so you're not going to throw anybody too many innings because you want everybody to be available and you're prioritizing that weekend, which they should be. Um, you know, obviously, Connor Whitaker is a guy that I could see doing that. Um, Nazu again. Uh, I know some people were surprised by Nazu, and I know we didn't mention him early in the week, but as soon as Meat made it, uh, you know, said that, it kind of made sense to me just because, you know, Jackson's the most fresh arm out there right now. Um, and he also has the most experience starting because how much he started this past summer, and he had success doing it in the NECBL. Um, so he'll still be a, a candidate for it moving forward. You know, even though he gave up three runs the other night, I think his Vila was back up a, a good bit. I think he was up to 94 at one point. Um, we could see Jonah thrown out there again, um, you know, cut for a kind of, you know, an opener type role. Um, so, yeah, there's just, it could go a lot of different ways. And the big wild card is you just, you just don't know exactly what they're going to do with Ross yet, um, with how they're going to maneuver him around. Um, so we just, we got to see what they do with him to know for sure. And we won't find out for a couple of weeks because you know they don't have they don't have a midweek game next week due to finals. Um, so that will probably give Ross enough time to get back in the mix after that you know week off from the field. And then the other question was uh, Jaime Ferrer was brought in as a catcher. Do we think we'll ever see Jaime catch at Florida State, or what's the plan there? Um, he's played. A, I know he dropped the ball the other uh, last night in right field, but he's he's impressed me um, in right field for most of the season. Yeah, yeah, I could care less that he dropped that pop of the other day. I mean, he probably catches that 99 out of 100 times, and it is what it is. Um, you will not see Jaime behind the plate this year, um, but they're not going to go away from that development just yet, I don't think. Like, when next fall starts, I, don't, I think Jaime will be back behind the plate um, because they know that he can also play outfield. I mean, he didn't really practice in the outfield all this past fall, and he's been playing it fine, so I'm sure they wouldn't be afraid to do that again. Um, he's just got such a, a good bat, and he's, he's got the arm to play behind the plate. It's just that they're really working hard on, on developing the receiving. Um, you know, I don't think many people realize how big of a jump it is for catchers from high school to, to college. It's hard to do that your freshman year. Um, but, yeah, his bat's just too good. So he's out in the outfield right now. But, you know, long term, um, the best outcome is for him to still be behind the plate. But, you know, at worst, he's going to give you at least some solid defense in right field and be a really good bat here for three years. Yeah, and if there's any man I trust to be able to teach someone how to play catcher, it's Mike Martin Jr. He's, he's got a track record well, of it. And Buster Posey came to Tallahassee as a shortstop. So. Well, I mean, and we also, I mean, Mike Metcalf helped, is the guy that works with catchers here. And he developed Mike, Matt Nelson into what he was last year. Um, and, you know, also I trust a guy that, you know, was a cross-checker for drafting Joey Bart for the Giants, um, who's now made his major league debut and seems like a solid major league catcher. So uh, between the two of those guys, uh, you got you to gotta trust what they're, what they're going to have behind the plate for the future. Um, and they, they have really loaded up on the upcoming recruiting classes on catchers. It's kind of their number one priority. Um, 
for the next, you know, it, it's, I think they have at least two in each of the next two classes and, you know, another one in the class after that. So, um, you know, I, th- I still think the, the future is pretty bright behind the plate. All right, Brett. Well, good episode. Uh, have fun in Clemson this weekend. Drive safe, uh, getting up there and uh, hopefully some good news for Florida State when we come back on Monday. Thanks for y'all's questions. want to thank Jordan Carry on again for joining the show. And uh, you can find us on Apple Pods, on Spotify. Keep the questions coming. Now you can tweet at us. You can email us. And we do appreciate those of you who have uh, been supporting our podcast and donating to us. I mean, I, not that we expect it again, but um, that's that's been pretty cool to see as well. And uh, we, we love making this podcast for you. We know you love Florida State baseball, and, and so do the both of us here. So until we talk to you uh, early next week, Florida State and the Clemson Tigers, a big weekend from Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Until then, we'll talk to you next time.